Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of What the Football Podcast. I'm your host, Conway T. I'm joined, of course, by my co-hosts, Rudds and Wade. What's happening, boys? How are we doing, gents? Good to be back. Good to be back. Shot, what's happening? Yeah, Good I'm week for be... United. Good week for me. And now I'm not coming back on a show like with with a long face, droopy eyes, wiping my tears away. I handed over to Wade this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a tough week. It's a great segue. I just want to maybe put a disclaimer. I may have been tired last week when I tipped Arsenal to finish in the top four. I'd like to uh, revoke that uh, tip and say that, uh, yeah, I think I got ahead of myself there. I think it'll be between United and Spurs, to be fair, which will be pain to Arsenal fans. But anyway, an interesting week of football we have had. Chelsea starting on top of the table. And of course, the lead changed twice with Liverpool's last gasp winner. Divock Origi does it yet again uh, for Liverpool. Puts them at the top of the table, but not for too long. As a Bernardo Silva masterclass for Manchester City uh, puts them as the number one team at the end of the weekend. Of course, that Chelsea loss was done by David Moyes and the West Ham Bubbles, pulling a rabbit out of a hat and beating the Chelsea juggernaut. We had some interesting results at the bottom of the log with, of course, Newcastle finally getting their first win under new manager Eddie Howe. Their first win in December. Can they now go on a run to turn it around and get out of that relegation zone? And of course, Leeds did save Grace after a solid midweek performance and win with a late, late, late equalizer against Brentford. There were also wins for Everton and Aston Villa as they moved steadily up the table. Boys, an interesting set of results over the weekend. Um, we'll dive into a few key key moments. But uh, might want to start with the moment that sent Chelsea to third. Musaka, what a hit. What do we make of it? Do we think it was an uh, intended hit or a complete, absolute mishit by the man? He, he, I watched it again just before. He picks his head up and he has a look. And it's actually Suchek at the back post was making a run. 100% to me, that was a cross. That was, I heard some pundits talk about, nah, He's hit it with his laces or whatever. Nah, he picked his head up. He had a look and he and he tried to whip it and he's mishit it or maybe he's, he's, he's hit it too well um, and he's got to go. Wade, what did you make of that hit? Some saying it's a, one of the best of all time. Others saying a complete fluke and mishit. I, you know, actually disagree with Rudds. I, I think he was, wow. I think he was trying to do it. I really do. I also watched it back a few times um and he's actually got a really good left peg he's got a good final delivery and it didn't look to me like he was trying to wrap his foot around it and curl it like he usually does he hit it with the with his foot pretty straight and it just went into that corner like when i watched it live i was thinking now there's no ways he intended that but watching it back i mean look we'll never know right we'll never know but to me it looked like yeah, I'm 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 sort of more on the side like he was actually planning on doing it, funnily enough, which I didn't think so at the time. So but who knows? Who knows? I might just split the split the even vote there and say that was one hundred percent a cross that ended up in the back of the net. 
But you know what? Mendy was completely unsighted. He, he, he was headed out going to catch the cross. Meanwhile, by the time he reacted, the ball was in the back of the net. Um, another solid performance by West Ham boys. I mean, you know, Chelsea, they rode, uh, West Ham rode their luck a little bit, probably in that first half. But ultimately, you think deserving of the three points? Yeah, I think um, first half was the fairies' reflection. Chelsea were the better team in that first half. But credit to West Ham, they come out fighting and they deserve the points. They deserve the victory. Um, Moyes kept making changes. I know he lost a defender at one stage and he put Declan Rice in the back there and kept kept moving back, moved to back three. Um, you know, he, he, he out-coached uh, Tuchel at, 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 in the game and, uh, yeah, fully deserved the, the victory. Well, I mean, that now solidifies West Ham. I say solidifies. The fourth is wide open, but obviously puts them back in that fourth spot. Wade, of course, will probably have to shift gears, and, and your boys were on a bit of a run there, looking like they may be, you know, top four. It was only a week ago the two of us kind of said they might be uh, pushing for that four. But, you know, having watched this last week, I'm I'm sorry. I just I, I don't see it with Arsenal having the, the, the quality within the squad. Um, I mean... The Thursday game, if I think about it, against United, uh, yeah, United were okay. But, you know, the game was there for the taking. And I think Arsenal kind of shot themselves in the foot. And then were really poor against Everton um, overall. So, really, like, Jekyll and Hyde performances at the minute. What do you make of it? And, you know, were you um, were you surprised at the back-to-back losses? Um, I was surprised with the performance today against Everton. I mean, we've had some, some really poor performances under Mikel, but I think today was up there with one of the worst. I mean, right from the get-go, you know, we just offered nothing. Um, you know, Thomas Party for me is a big worry because he's meant to be the guy that transforms us in field, and he's had a shocking season so far. But we tend to get into this mode when we when we get a goal, we just stop playing for some reason. And it's it's extremely frustrating. Mikel's spoken about it on a number of occasions now. And you can actually see him on the sideline. And I've, I've listened to a lot of fans who go to the games. And you, he's actually telling the players to push up, push up, push up. But for some reason, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if it's just an inexperience, um, the inexperience aspect of it. I'm not too sure, but it, it's frustrating. The positive thing for us is that, um, or I guess the good thing for us is that we've been to City, we've been to Liverpool, we've been to United, we've been to all the, the, the big fixtures, all the all the big grounds, sorry. So, you know, we've got a good second half of the season in terms of fixtures. So I'm, I'm still going to say that we can do it, um, but we need to be a bit more consistent. Uh, if not, then it's going to be tough now with obviously Conte and Rangnick taking over the reins at, at Spurs and um, at and United, they're going to get a bounce from those managers coming in. So, you know, Mikel's going to come under a lot of pressure because we can't have another season like we did last year. Uh, I don't think the fans are going to stand for that. Um, so sixth minimum, but we need to put together a consistent run if we are going to really challenge for that top four. And we're just not getting that at the moment, unfortunately. Right. Um, I guess we might just shift over to the match winner. Uh, Gray and talk a little bit maybe about him you know first of all hats off to the young man what an absolute cracking goal to win win the match well deserving um, of that type of goal to take all, all three points but yeah I just want to chat a little bit about Gray you know looking at his career overall at 
in, in, in 2013. You know, he got eight goals there in 72 games, obviously very young, learning his trade. Obviously taking the leap to Leicester City. Um, you know, there he was a bit of a bit part player, mostly out of the team than in. Uh, managed to get 10 goals in 133 games there, so averaging, you know, not a good scoring rate. But his Premier League career at Everton seems to be on the up. You know, he seems to be trusted a lot more. Um, and he has five goals in, in 15 games, so scoring at a rate of a goal every three games, which is really good. You know, it's right up there with, um, you know, decent finishes. What do you make of the young man? And do you think he has the ability to push on to be, you know, a truly um, brilliant player? There's definitely a talent there. And he's done that type of stuff in terms of the goal he scored today at Leicester. So he's got it in his locker. It's just always the frustration with him in, in his inconsistencies. So he does that one game and then, you know, drops a couple of stinkers uh, for the next four or five. Um, so obviously we started to see maybe a little bit more consistency in that, um, in that from him at Everton. Everton are in a poor form and they need that dead win desperately. Um, they're starting to get some of their players back. I, th- I thought it was a big blow when Yeri Mina went off early on um, in the game because uh, he's just come back and he put him straight in. But then you also see players like Andre Gomez getting back in and he was pretty good when he came on. Um, you know, I think he played a big part in the Demari Gray goal. So Richarlison was really good. And I think when you've got a good team around you with some confidence and it gives Demari Gray a Gray a platform for him to continue and, and try to get that consistency. So I think that for me, the jury is still out on him. Um, as he gets more and more consistent, then we can talk about him as being a real baller. Some valid points there, um, Rod's on Damari Gray. Obviously, still, still very young, but it's good to see a young kid kind of getting the opportunity at Everton to really flourish and maybe tap into those uh, skill sets that we know that he has. Um, and of course, we had you know the result also at at, at Wolves. What a uh, a grind that was for Liverpool. Um, I guess in the end, Wolves very stoic in defence. Um, didn't really offer much going forward, to be fair. And you know, one thing about Adama Traore, he's all action, but absolutely zero end product. That guy. Um, not too sure if he has. If there's a manager out there that can actually polish that rough diamond, because he is just unbelievable. He will beat four to five players and then look like a Sunday league player in that final third, you know. Um, anyway, having said that, I think, you know, Liverpool probably more than deserving of their three points. Jota missing, I don't even know what was going through Jota's head at that stage when he kicked it straight at Connor Cody. Um, but yeah, last minute winner, Wade, the man, the legend. Divock Origi does it again. Is he the strangest player you've ever come across in your life? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he certainly knows to pop up in big moments. I mean, he's he's scored some some massive goals for you guys off the bench. Um, polarizing figure, I guess, in that regard. Um, another, obviously, another important goal on the weekend. Um, I heard Klopp talking about him a few weeks ago. I, I, I don't know if he was if they were trying to sell him and no one wanted to buy him, but he was saying something about, you know, people don't know what they, they're talking about if they don't rate Divock Origi. Um, but, I mean, if if you look at the facts, he hasn't really started many games for Liverpool. Um, you know, John more of a wide player at Wolves, and he even starts ahead of him at centre-forward. So, 
you know, good impact player, but I don't really see him being anything more than that. He hasn't really pushed on. Um, he had big raps on him when he was young. I think he made his debut for Belgium when he was quite young from memory as well. But he hasn't really kicked on. So I guess he's a good guy to bring off the bench when you need something different and you know he's got a goal in him. But for me, yeah, decent player. Um, a good guy to have on your bench, I guess, when, when the going gets tough. But nothing more for me, to be honest. And Rudd, what do you what make do you of Divac? You know, I know that um, you know Liverpool Liverpool fans are not lost on Divac Origi. He's certainly not a starter within the team. Um, he's probably never realised his full potential. Um, but I tell you what, he will go down in Liverpool's history, um, scoring a Champions League final winner, scoring the two goals against Barcelona in the Champions League semi when we had no Salah or, or Firmino. Um, scoring the last-minute winner against Everton, scoring the last-minute winner against Wolves. He just has this knack to produce at, at strange times. He's a bit, of an, a bit of a strange enigma that you can't really be explained. Yeah, I think when he starts, it's easy for a defender um, to map him and watch him, and, and, and then he doesn't have that type of impact. What he is, though, is different to the others. And when you're looking for a goal, he's kind of the perfect option for Klopp because anyone of a higher standard than Origi, they'll be demanding more game time. And that probably won't work where he doesn't fit the style. He's not really that type of fluid front forward. So um, I, I think as long as he's happy in the in, in his environment and he's happy to contribute in that way, then he's that's the player you need. You need players like that who can come up, make an impact, something different when you're looking for a goal, when you're desperate for a goal. And that's why he's been so successful at that. So he, he can't be any more, any more than that. If you're a Liverpool fan expecting him to kick on and play more games, then you're, you're probably looking at it at the wrong angle. He's, he's, there to fit a, he's there to fit a specific purpose for Klopp, and he does that, and he does it successfully. Uh, it's just a matter of time on whether he wants to push his career on in terms of more game time. Every player wants to play more games. And if he wants to play more games, it won't be at Liverpool. It needs to be somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. You just have to look at Origi's stats at the end of the day. You know, he probably gets a goal one in every five games. Um, having said that, he's been at Liverpool since 2015, so going on seven years. And he has only played 166 games in that time. So clearly a bit part player, but, uh, you know, as you said, probably a vital squad player. That's come up trumps at the at the best of times. Um, so there you have it. I guess um, obviously now the top three looking a little bit a little bit different. Man City, uh, Chelsea obviously drop into third, and and Liverpool in second spot, uh, making for an interesting weekend indeed. You know what, gents? We normally save it for the end, but uh, I guess we might do it now because I actually remembered who was your player of the week, and uh, I guess the uh, team of the week. Wade, we might start with you. Oh, hang on. We got Wade on mute. Might have to unmute him this time so we can actually hear what he's saying. Yeah. There? <laughs> got me? I got you. I got you. I got yeah. You. Um, I think player of the week, I'm going to give it to Bernardo Silva. Um, he's been excellent, really, all season. He's got all the plaudits this year, and rightfully so. Um, I think he's been head and shoulders above everyone, but um, Bernardo Silva's just been excellent as well, and I think he was excellent in these 
these two games that we've uh, watched over the last few da- last few days. So he gets my player of the week. Um, in terms of teams of the week, mm, I might give it to Villa. Actually, you know, two another two victories over the last couple of days. DBG seems to be tracking along quite nicely. Um, so I think I'm going to go with Villa. I'm going to go with Bernardo Silva and Aston Villa for me. Those are those are very nice picks. Very nice picks indeed, Rods. Yeah, look, um, Chelsea top of the table. Um, go away to West Ham, and after going behind twice to come back and 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 win the game in that fashion, for for me it has to be them. Uh, look, uh, player of the week. I was actually kind of torn. I do think Bernardo Silva has been exceptional. I think he's up there with Mo Salah um, for player of the season. So I think if they continue that type of form, we could go neck to neck um, because, wow, some of those goals he scored, you know, the, that that volley um, midweek, um, oh, that was phenomenal. So if he keeps producing at that level, then, you know, he's going to be up there. But for me, I'm actually going to go for... Uh, <laughs> controversial player in some quarters and, and it's going to be Fred. Uh, so, you know, you had you had a Fred interesting first off. You <laughs> had, had an interesting first off against Arsenal, but then he was involved in everything, in everything, and everything good for Man United in that game. And then against um, against Crystal Palace, another, another really stellar performance from him. I think he made a couple of poor passes in the first half when he played square balls, and Ragnick actually addressed that in his post-match com- uh, comments. But, you know, to score the win in that fashion, he had a chance to do something similar against Chelsea, and he didn't take it. And on his weaker foot, you know, um, for me, it's got to be Fred this week. You have it, ladies and gentlemen. Fred, player of the week from Rudds. I think look, I think you you are right though. He was he was definitely involved in everything in that um in that last game against uh Crystal Palace and came up Trumps with, with the winner. Uh actually sorry, uh, the Arsenal game he was involved in everything. Sorry, yeah, the involvement in the first goal. And then obviously followed it up with a sublime finish, actually. Um very unfred like very, very unfred like, but yeah, I think reasonable tips. I think, uh, yeah, team of the week, I'd agree with you, Rods. I think the nature of West Ham's victory is what was um, what was impressive coming back from behind twice. Uh, that's no, that's some feat against Chelsea. Chelsea don't give up goals very easily, and for West Ham to actually come back twice and then obviously get a bit fortuitous with that winning goal, but um, you know, kind of deserving in the end. I guess we're all going to have three different players, but. Divock Origi to come on again and, and do what he did when the, you know, I was sitting here watching the game going, it's done. We've dropped more points. Chelsea have freaking lost and we've gone and drawn another game. And these draws are going to cost us the league. And, you know, Mo Salah's touch set up to Divock and he does it what he does best scoring last minute winners. So for me, it goes to the man who like you with Fred probably never be mentioned again in play of the week. So I think hats off to them. And, uh, yeah, a good way to end the segment as we transition over. Powered to, by Riverside FM. Of course, the analysis corner, Jen. So I wanted to just shift gears and maybe just have a look at the stats of the uh, players we have currently in the top echelons of uh, assists and goals. So 
I might just call it out where we're at. We're going to talk about the top 10. We've got Callum Wilson. You know, we've got one, two, three, four, five. There's actually quite a host of players on six six league goals, to be fair. It goes from Rafinha to Emmanuel Dennis to Callum Wilson to Mikel Antonio to Son to Mope and to the man himself, Cristiano Ronaldo, all on six points, taking up seven to 12 spot. We then have Bernardo Silva on seven and Liverpool's Sadio Mane on seven. Diego Chota with eight, Jamie Vardy with nine, and of course, the man himself, Mohamed Salah on 13. What do we make of this top 10? Is it is it something we expected to kind of happen their way? Is there any surprises within the 10 that you feel um, may not be there come come the end of the season? Or you think these are the players you thought you would see um, from start to finish? A couple of surprise names in there. Um, <clears throat> Emmanuel Dennis, who's obviously had a really good season at Watford. Um, probably a, a bit of a new name to most of us um, this season. So... You know, he's been and we've spoken about him, I think, previously on the podcast. Uh, Mikel Antonio as well, who had a blistering start. I think he's cooled off a little bit recently, um, but he's had a great start to the year as well. So um, to see him with six goals already is is good. Um, you know, Vardy, Mane up there, you expect those guys to be there. I don't think anyone's really set the world alight in, in terms of um, banging in goals outside of Salah. Um, who I think is is, is probably going to be the favourite to take it come the end of the season. For me, the biggest surprise on that list is Harry Kane. Uh, 13 games, one goal, you know, and not a peep from anyone in the media. I haven't had anyone talking about that, by the way. Uh, obviously, wonder, the golden boy. I wonder boy. why. I wonder yeah. why that is. Yeah, right. exactly. So that's probably, when I look at that list, that's probably the biggest surprise for me is no Harry Kane. Obviously, had a few issues early, you know, was he staying, was he going? But, you know, he, he scored for England, though. He, he banged in a few goals for England, albeit against, you know, much, much less opposition. But um, that's probably the biggest surprise when I look at that list. You know, in, in terms of the guys that are on there outside of that, you probably expect them to be there. But, um, yeah, Dennis and Rafinha, uh, Antonio as well, probably a bit surprised to see those guys on the list. So hit me with your your final top three. Who will take out the bronze, silver, and gold in the scoring departments? Top three, I'm going to go with Salah. Um, geez, the way Leicester are playing. Uh, I'll, I'll put Vardy in there, right? I mean, you, you can never rule him out. He keeps scoring goals. And then I'll probably say Mane um, third. So those will be my top three. I'll go Salah, Vardy, and Mane. Nice. And um, Radza, I'll just talk about Emmanuel Dennis, obviously Nigerian Nigerian striker, the last uh, probably uh, prolific Nigerian striker we had in the league was, anyone take a guess? Nwanko Kanu. Nwanko Kanu. Also <laughs> another one from Everton as well, if we can remember. The, the Yak himself. <laughs> Yakubu. It's been a it's been a while since we had someone prolific from Nigeria, but um, Emmanuel Dennis definitely setting setting things on fire, and maybe uh, maybe one to stay for the Premier League. Yeah, maybe if he's up there towards the end of the season, I think it'll mean that Wolves are safe um, because if you got a scorer that's in the top ten or the top five, if that's where you're putting Dennis, then yeah, I think for sure they'd be safe. Um, 
So let's see how it, how it comes on. I mean, my surprise, like like Wade, is, is Harry Kane, um, but not just Harry Kane. So we've spoken quite in depth about Harry Kane and, and his his poor form and what that means. He looks like a player who won, who still wants out, and that failed move has definitely affected him um, this season. So whether that you know do Spurs cut their losses and say move on where is your ticket go to Man City or go wherever you're going um, and what does that mean then you know <laughs> a revitalized Kane in Man City might might just climb that ladder very very quickly um, but a couple other surprises I know he's been injured but Romelu Lukaku's only got three goals um, so that's been a shock he's played more than enough minutes to get more goals than that so um, that's one that I, I'd say I'm surprised with uh, Leeds is poor form. Uh, Bamford's also just come back from injury, but he played quite a bit without scoring as many goals as he had last season. So he's a surprise. And then I'm also surprised with Aubameyang. So Aubameyang is Arsenal's top earner, captain, leader, legend, you know, and um, not banging in any goals. So you'd expect uh, the Arsenal captain and the Arsenal striker to be a lot higher on that table if they're going to compete. So that's that's another shock for me. And if you had to pick your top three um, Rudds, who who would it be come the end of the season? Who's finishing in those three spots? Yeah, so Salah for sure. I think um, that's 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 the one that I don't have any doubts about. The one that I will have a doubt about is I think Salah can continue and have a big enough gap when he goes to the African Cup of Nations. I'm not sure if Mane will. I think that month in those games might just hurt him um, if it gets close. I think Vardy. I think Vardy will continue to score. Um, the thing is, God, Vardy is the goal scorer for Leicester. So if Leicester's scoring goals, it's going to be Vardy. So they may not finish in the top six, but he'll still be there. That third spot is hard because I'd expect someone like Harry Kane um, to come back. I'd expect someone like Lukaku. You know, if Chelsea are still going to be up there to come back, but they've not shown yet. Shown it yet, and if. United are finishing the top four, then I'd expect Ronaldo. So I'm going to say Ronaldo is there my top There it three. is. There it is. That is timing to a T. I knew that was coming. <laughs> right on cue. Yeah, right on cue. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, the one thing Ronaldo does is score goals. <laughs> so I know he missed a few of the first goals, the games in the season. And um, if United are going to win games, Ronaldo's going to score goals. Yeah, I think, I think it's a fair assessment. I will say, you know, on the Harry Kane thing, um, to put it into perspective, Fred has more goals than Harry Kane. I think that just about sums up where Harry Kane right now is in terms of mentally in front of goal and playing for Spurs. Um, yeah, I think for me, you know, surprises in in that in that uh, top, uh, I guess, top goal scorer list is how high, you know, Jota is to an extent. I mean, he's just conti- and I say that from the perspective of. He's hit the ground running the moment he started at Liverpool. I know when we signed him, um, people were excited, but nowhere near to the level we thought he, he'd be getting to this um, kind of production in front of goal. You know, every time he plays it, bar the Wolves game, he looks like he's going to score and he's always in the right position. So to see look, three Liverpool players, I guess, in that top four is, is pretty. I think Mo Salah, uh, as we've said, will definitely be up there. Jamie Vardy's just a a Premier League legend, isn't he? He's going he's gonna to go down, you know, especially playing for a club like Leicester, as a legend of the Premier League. And he continues to defy the odds every year, always being in amongst it with the goals. So I think I agree with you, Rudds. 
Um, I think that third spot, like the fourth spot in the Premier League, is probably wide open to a few. Um, you know, Jota, Mane, obviously Silva in this patch, and you can't rule out the uh, the Portuguese uh, man himself, Ronaldo. He'll probably be, probably be amongst it. Um, I'd agree and say, you know, another one I'd throw in there that I'm surprised with his return so far is uh, Danny Ings. He's, um, you know, he was touted as going to a Villa side, you know, maybe being that gap that um, Grealish has left. But he's been very disappointing overall. I think only getting, you know, those three goals. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what, what's going on with Danny Ings or it's just in some poor form, but he just seems to be off it a little bit. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, Lukaku, another one. I know, but always flatters to deceive in the Premier League for me. He seems to be going to the other leagues and, and does pretty decently. But three-goal return, um, yes, he's been out. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I want to give a shout out to uh, Moni, who of course took a bet with me that Lukaku would finish above Mohamed Salah as the top goal scorer, and then, um, and that was pretty much over after week five. So, Moni, I'll be sending those bank details across to your son. In terms of the assists, it, it gets even more interesting. <laughs> I want to point out one assist here that's been on here forever since week two is Paul Pogba. So. <laughs> He got seven assists, I think, after two games, and that was the end of Paul Pogba. Um, Rods might jump to you in terms of Paul. What is the story with Paul these days at Old Trafford? And is it just a case of get the man out of Old Trafford as soon as possible for all parties involved? Look, I think he might want to stay. Um, I think ultimately there's not a lot of clubs that can pay the type of wages that United can pay. And... You know, his his options are open. So come January, he can sign a pre-contract with anybody. Let's see who comes in for him. Let's see where he can go. Um, I I think United do have a contract on the table for him. He's not dismissed it. Um, He just wants to keep his options open. So uh, it's hard to call which way that will go. Assists are a funny stat for me because, you know, (laughs) some assists are just numbers. You know, with with the past that may not have been um, the the true creator of the of the goal. You know, the, the assist is not a reflection of the, the chance creation or or, or or the play. It could be it could come off someone's backside, and because they got a last touch, uh, that that assist is is counted. So um, those are the ones that kind of flattered it to deceive. I think. Um, when we're talking about players like Thierry and Rio, Cesc Fabregas, then you can see that you know those are true assists. Um, it's not always the case um, with some of the numbers we get we're getting at the moment. So it's not a it's not a stat that I look up to with a lot of enthusiasm. If I'm if I'm being honest, I guess to look at it, Wade, from maybe a different perspective is to see the players ten on the goals and the top ten on the assists and two actually or three pop out obviously Salah top in both he's got 13 goals and nine assists but it's that man that Nigerian man again Emmanuel Dennis he is in the top six for assists he scored six goals and he has five assists and Mikel Antonio of course has six goals and four assists so you know Dennis is really having a proper season for a struggling Watford team you know I always look at players that perform at a, a team that's potentially weaker and to have him on the goals and the assists speaks volumes of him as a player. So, I mean, those three players, have they um, have they kind of been a standout for you as well across the board? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all, the, all the real driving force uh, behind those teams. 
Um, and Dennis has done it against the big teams as well, you know, which has been even more important. Um, as Rudd's mentioned, you know, if he's up there with the goals and you add the assist, then you know you you can you can bank on Watford to have a pretty decent season. In, in when I say decent season, surviving in the Premier League. Um, but I, I agree with Rudd's in terms of the assist stats. It's um, it's yeah, it's it's one of those numbers that's just like you know, it's a bit different in basketball. An assist is an assist. You know, the guy creates the the basket and the the other guy finishes it. Whereas in in football, it's not really the case. And and you look at some of those names on there, like, you know, Decore up there with four assists. I mean, not really known as a creator. Neither is really Kovacic. You know, he's got five of them as well. And you mentioned Pogba, who pretty much got all those assists in the first few games. So um, Trent Alexandra, on the other hand, he now is a guy where you can look at that number and go, okay, it was because of his pass that the goal was scored. You know, um, excellent right pick. Reese James, you could probably add into that category as well. Excellent delivery, puts it on a plate for strikers. So, um, you know, those are the sorts of guys that really create stuff and and, and make it easy for strikers to finish. So, um, again, though, a name that really stands out, which is not on that list, is Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I was waiting for again. somebody to mention it because I was going to yeah. that up. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I had a quick look at his numbers for the season just before and nine games and zero assists. You know, he has been injured, but he's one of those guys. When you look at the chances he's created since he's come into the league, he's up there with the best of them. So probably uh, uh, that's probably the most surprising thing on the assist list, like like we mentioned Kane in terms of goals, is Kevin De Bruyne not being on that list. But um, if I had to choose a top three, I'd probably go with Salah. I'd go with Trent. Um, and you know what? I'm I'm gonna chuck Reese James in there as well. I think he could be very close to top three if we're choosing a top three in terms of numbers. But KDB is probably the the big sort of um, uh, exclusion or, or person that's not on that list, should I say? Yeah, I'm very shocked to see KDB not not there or in and amongst it after the last few seasons he's had. He's He's, yeah, he's definitely not um, not been the same player. Obviously, a few injuries this year, but to not see his name in the top echelons of assists is, is very surprising. But I'd probably agree with your assessment there, Wade, on the top three um, in terms of assists. You know, you might throw in a surprise package like uh, a Dennis if he continues that on for the season, but uh, I think it'll come from those from those top three clubs we just spoke about anyway. Um, because, yeah, Paul Pogba has pretty much vanished into thin air when it comes to the... Uh, Assist, assist column is for sure. Rudd, do you want to have a stab there and see what you might chuck might in your chuck three? It. Who might guess yeah, the most bum assist maybe or something like that? <laughs> um, the problem with Man City is they've got a lot of um, rotation. So, you know, they've they got a lot of assists in them, a lot of goals. I could think of someone like Foden who could climb up that list. It's a tough one. So, I think Sal, in terms of the way he plays, he will get a lot of assists. If he's not scoring, he's going to be assisting. So I do think he'll be in the top three again. Uh, I think uh, outside of that, it's hard. You know, I think the top assist or one of the top scorers in terms of, you know, if you look at it at fantasy points where you look at goals and assists was Bruno Fernandes last year. And he's not been in having those sort of numbers. So Actually, it really depends on what happens yeah. in the second half. The other one I'd probably throw in there, if they have a good um, second half of the season, well, 
it's still a third of the season to or two, sorry two thirds to go. Um, I'd, I'd say Yung Min Son from from Spurs. Uh, I think he'd be a good shout to be up there for for assists. Okay, gents, I'm gonna shift gears here and um, I'm gonna do a little little transition. I want to play a bit of a game with you quickly. There's seven seven stats here. All right, and um, I want to ask you a question. It's for, it's fastest off the trigger. All right, I just want you to give me an answer straight away. All right, so who has scored? And this is all team-based answers, so it's a team. So who scored the most goals so far this season, and how many? Really quickly. Liverpool. Yep. Okay, Wade, one point. Anyone want to guess? Closest to the number gets it. Thirty-four. Rads. 28. 2-0 to Wade. Full with 44 goals. 44. Wow. The next team behind them is on Chelsea on 35. So they're almost 10 Jeez. goals ahead. Okay, the next one. Really quickly. I want the team first and the number of assists. So, sorry, goal assists. Top goal assist team. Chelsea. Liverpool. Liverpool. There we go. How many? 20. 40. Goes with Rudds. Liverpool and 35 assists. Okay. So we got two all. Is this a Liverpool quiz? Just asking. (laughs) They just happen to be top (laughs) of a couple there. That's all. But uh, there's about seven different ones. Trust me. Okay. So shots at goal. Who is the top team with the most shots and goals? It is Liverpool, yes. And how many shots would that be? <laughs> 200. 100, 120. 286. So that's 4-2 to Wade. Okay, we're going to shift now. Total passes. Who is that? City. Man City. 4-3. <laughs> Anyone want to guess how many passes that is? I'd say about 3,900, something like that. Wade? 1,000. 5-3 to Wade. 9,966 passes. Jeez. Okay, we got 5-3 to Wade. We got a couple more categories. The most crosses in the league. Liverpool. West Ham. Point to Wade. 6-3. How many crosses? 1,000. No, I'd say about 400 crosses. Point to Rads. 350 crosses. We have 6-4, and we have two more categories left. Offsides. Who is the team called offside the most? Liverpool. Nope. Chelsea. I don't think anyone's getting this one. Bleeds. No. I'll give you one more guess each. Watford. It must be Everton. Okay, no points there. It's Burnley. <laughs> How many times have they been caught offside? Sixty. almost... 60, yeah, Wade, uh, Rudds? 30. 6-5. Well, Rudds is one point behind heading into the last category. They got 38 offsides. Just for, for you two, it's Arsenal and United are the next two teams there. Okay, final category, 6-5, two points on the line. Who is the team with the most tackles? Chelsea. Okay, you can each get two Liverpool. more guesses. No, not Liverpool. Uh, West Ham. Nope. Most tackles. Liverpool um, actually second Southampton. last, by the way. 
Last guess each. So it wasn't Southampton? No. Yeah, that one. Um, Wolves. Man City. Leeds United. How many tackles do they have? This is to tie or to win? 200. A <laughs> hundred. Oh, <laughs> it's gone away. <laughs> 294. Wade, seven, and Rudd's five. Well done, gents. A little bit of fun over there. Well done, Wade. You take that one out Good on you. We'll shift gears, of course, now, and we'll after that little bit of fun into our trivia section. Rudd's? Yeah, look, I think it might be a quick session, <laughs> a quick section this week. I'm not going to give any clues this time around. It's, no it's pretty easy, pretty easy for both uh, players. So you won't need any any. Are clues. you just trying to be nice to me after the horrible run I'm on? I'll probably still won't get it anyway. <laughs> so are you gonna Are nice. you gonna at least tell us if they're current? No clues this week. No oh, clues. Nothing. This week. Wow, nothing. So, huh? so um, a reminder of the score. I think there's a four-point gap. Nine to Connell, thirteen to Wade. Connell needs this one desperately, desperately. All right, you guys ready? That's you know good. the rules. First one, I'm gonna call out some stats about a player um, from where he's born to his career to date and how he's progressed, and by the end of it. Hopefully you know who he is. Throw out your answers as soon as you as soon as you can. You got the deep so, heat there, Connell. You need to warm up, mate. He's 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 concentrating. Here we go. <laughs> Born in the city of Salto, I began my youth career playing for Danubio Football Club. My absolute idol growing up was Gabriel Batistuta. Rodri. No. I spent two years in Danubia. Which included 25 senior appearances. Bernardo Silva. No. I was top scorer in the under 20 youth championship. Gabriel Jesus. After after that championship, there were quite a few big teams that came in for my signature. Those big teams included Juve and Milan. It was actually Palermo's chairman, Maurizio Zamperini, who secured my signature for Palermo. For about four and a half million euros. I made my debut against Fiorentina. We were one nil down. I came on in the 55th minute and scored an equalizer that was reminiscent of Marco Van Basten's strike in the 88 euros. Not Rodrigo. Yeah, right. I made my debut for the senior for the senior national team in February 2008. And I scored in a 2-2 draw with Colombia. In my second season, I found myself fighting for a first-team place with Fabrizio Micoli and Amari. Once Amari left for Juve, I was able to submit my place in Cavani. the... No. Edison Cavani! Yeah. Oh my God, he's only got one! He's back, baby! That was a guess. From left field, you just <laughs> you literally just threw a name out there. That was there was no rhyme or reason for you to get that at that point. Hey, I don't even think you know who Amari is. That's the strategy, bro. You just gotta <laughs> chuck names at it. I'm telling you. 
look, I, I was obviously going for someone from South America. Yeah. That yeah. was the closest connection I found. Yeah. And then you're right, that name literally popped in my head then. <laughs> and I went Edison. <laughs> oh, my Lord, I'm so happy. That it was, was <laughs> six in a row I never got. And I finally got one. He's oh, back. Wow. He's back. Oh, I mean, there were a couple of uh, good stats I was going to throw out there. I mean, the amount of goals this guy scored is phenomenal. Finishing as top scorer across uh, Syria and, and League One. The amount of trophies he's won is phenomenal. He's got the name um, Matador. Before when he was at Napoli, he had the nickname of being one of the three tenors. Do you guys want to guess who the tenors were, the other two? Where was Suarez? it? No. Where was at it? Napoli. At Napoli. Oh, Napoli. Oh, I can't remember, man. One was Lovetsi. Yeah. The other one was Hamsik. Hams- oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, look, El Matador. Good one, Connell. You closed the gap. I did say it was an easier one. So, <laughs> and again, oh, yeah. again, the next one, when I go through teammates, Again, a pretty easy one. So at least he's uh, well known. There'll be no there'll be no clues given across this one again. So there we go. We know the rules. I'll talk through a number of the teammates I've played across my career. There are no international teammates. They are all just club teammates um, to make it a little bit easier. Um, and throw the throw the guesses out. Here we go. Adrian Mutu. Adriano. Alberto, no, Alberto Aquilani, Alessandro Del Piero, Alessandro Nesta, Alexander Pato, Alvaro Recoba, Crespo, Aaron Crespo, no, Andrea Perlo, Angel Di Maria, Ashley Cole. Blaise Matuidi, Clarence Sadoff, Danny Alves, David Beckham, David Luiz, Lucas Mora, no, Esteban Cambiaso, Fikia Tamori, Fabio Cannavaro, Inzaghi, Giovanni Dos Santos. Lukaku. Nope. Hernan Crispo. Jason Kalina. Javier Zanetti. Kevin Prince Boateng. Kingsley Coleman. Lillian Turam. Lucas Digne. Lucas Mora. Luis Figo. Mamadou Sako, Mario Balotelli, Mario Mandzukic, Mark Van Bommel, Matthew Flamini, Michael Carrick, Mido, Nigel De Jong, Olivier Giroud, Patrick Vieira, Havel Nedved, Raphael van der Vaart. Pavel Nedved. Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> Man's going back. Ricardo Charisma. Robinho. Romelu Lukaku. Got the Chelsea links. Got the bloody... 
Ronaldinho. Peter Check. Okay. Ryan Bebel. No. Serge Aurier. Steven Pino. Thiago Silva. Thierry Henry. Andre Gomez. No. So Thierry Henry. Javi. I'm just going to know if this is still playing. He is still playing. Okay, just so we're on the right, yeah. Yaya Torre. Johan Kabay. Paul Pogba. No. Marwan Fellaini. Lionel Messi. Messi. Andres Iniesta. Ender Herrera. And those are all the names. Those are 65 names that I read out. Okay, give us a second to think. Obviously, he's in the Premier League, so. Lionel Messi. What are we missing here? How obvious is this freaking name? It's pretty obvious. He's not playing in the Premier League at the moment, so now I'm going to give you more clues. Oh, what? He he is still playing. Okay. But not in the Prem. As long as you've opened it up. Sergio Aguero. No. Oof, that was a good guess, man. Antoine Griezmann. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know where Anton. Sergio Ramos. Luis Figo. I'll go through some of the names now. Maybe yeah. now that you'll know it's it's open. So obviously he has played in the Premier League. So that's yeah. that's the key. So um, I'll throw out some of the names. No, he's not no. playing. Alberto Aquilani. Uh, Aquilani. Adriano. So, okay. Hang on, hang on. So you know the link at Aquilani is either... AC Milan or, or Liverpool. Liverpool. Andreo Perlo. So Perlo. That's true. Karen Seidoff. Danny Alves. David Beckham. Danny Alves is Barcelona. David Beckham. David Luiz. David Luiz. Um, Akan Kalanoglu. Hernan Crispo. Lillian Turam. Giroud. Lucas Mora, I said Giroud. He said Giroud. Um, Mark Van Bommel, Nigel De Jong. So this all played in the Premier League. Patrick Vieira, Pavel Nedved. Jerome Boateng. Robinho, Ronaldinho, Serge Aria, Steven Pina. Can you tell me how long ago it was? Thiago Silva. How long ago was he playing in the Premier League? Probably two, two years, three years ago. 2018. Luis Suarez. Said Luis Suarez already. Um, Philip Alexis Sanchez. Not Sanchez. All right, let me let me go through the teams he played for. Okay. <laughs> I'm going back now, so fastest <laughs> finger to the trigger. Right. <laughs> started my career at Ajax. From uh, sorry, I started my career at Malmo. From Malmo, I went to Ajax. From Ajax, I went to Juve. From Juve, I went to Inter Milan. From Inter Milan, I went to Barcelona. From Barcelona, I went to AC Milan. From AC Milan, I went to PSG. From PSG, I went to Man United. From Man United, I went to LA Galaxy. From LA Galaxy, I went to AC Milan. And that's my career. Ibrahimovic. It is Ibrahimovic. How did it take you so long? Jeez. How did it take you so long? Yeah, I had to go right. through. Wow. To go. As soon as I said Melmo to Ajax, it should have been Ibrahimovic. Ah, There's only one yeah. Zlatan. Wow. 
Connell's gotten two this week and he's closed the gap to two. Wow. A few and I thought it was an easy one. I thought when I started saying Lionel Messi, Paul Pogba, Thiago Silva, Di Maria. I thought it just I clicked. Think, though, I think yeah, but I was yet. thinking when Premier you... League though. I thought it's uh, that's why I, was, I wasn't thinking outside of the Premier League. And when you said Messi and Iniesta, I, that threw me off even more. But, it, but it, it, even then, once I told you, he doesn't play in the Premier League, but he's still playing. Mm. And I read the same names again, yeah. and he was still playing yeah. again. Gee, wow. was, that yeah. was really interesting. Anyway, uh, Connell back, eh? Well and he's, truly. He's had a long he's career, and he's, he's got a long list of players that have played with him. Yeah, that's times, incredible, man. Yeah. What well, a career. Is Ibra now? Isn't he bordering on 40? He's close. Yeah, he's, he's close. right up there. Yeah. You, normally players in the, in, the, in the outfield are done by like 35. And, mm. and he is like 40. And he is so important to AC Milan as well at the moment too. So he's not just a big part player. He's, he's key to that. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be fit. And the reason I brought him up is because he's playing in the, he should be playing in the game tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah, against Liverpool, which is a good segue into the, the, I guess, final thoughts, gents. What are we most looking forward to this week? Obviously, return against league. A couple of dead rubbers. You mentioned it. I guess dead rubber for for Liverpool. That is, but very much alive for AC Milan tomorrow to qualify. I think all other groups are pretty much settled, except for the second spot in in Liverpool's group. And um, yeah, what are you looking forward to this week, lads? There's a few games. Champions League is always good. You know, Barcelona desperately needs to beat Bayern Munich. And you've got a, a scorned Robert Lewandowski who got robbed of the Ballon d'Or last week. And you've got um, a stadium full of uh, Messi supporters. So I think that one could be could be an interesting game. United got a dead rubber. I'm looking forward to see what uh, what comes of the United games over the next week. So we play young boys. Opportunity for Ralph to have a look at um, some of the players that he hasn't had a chance to. So I expect him to ring the changes in. Very excited by um, the way the team played against Crystal Palace. That's a couple of interesting stats, actually. So United won the ball in the final third 12 times against Crystal Palace. That's the most they've ever won it in that third since they started recording stats. Only two teams this season have got more. One of them is Liverpool. Do you want to guess who the other one is? Arsenal. Leeds. Actually, Southampton. So, Ralph hasn't hutil, so he's also from the, the Regnick um, school. They did a comparison of stats in terms of key stats across the game and which teams closely resemble the way Ralph would play. And, of course, it's no surprise that, obviously, he's lost his job now, but Jesse Marsh and Nagelsmann were the closest in world football in terms of how they play. They about I think Jesse Marsh was in the 95th percentile and uh, Nagelsmann was probably 1% or 2% lower than that. Within the Premier League, there are three teams that are, are, are close. So the three teams are um, Liverpool, Chelsea, but the one that's on top is actually Southampton. So, you know, R- Ralph, again, one of his, his, his things. So I think what we have seen is an immediate immediate impact, immediate change in terms of what he wants to do. Obviously, playing a high line is going to come at risk. It won't all go the way it went to Crystal Palace. We will concede some goals. There may be some pain. Uh, there's a really good run of fixtures for United. But I think there may be some some hurt before we get into what we're really going to look like. But 
it's exciting times for United fans. Mwedo, what do you make of the next week ahead for Arsenal? Yeah, um, obviously looking for a bounce back against Southampton. Um, I'm a bit worried now after hearing those stats. Um, we might get robbed high up the pitch and they might nick a couple of goals the way we're going at the moment. So um, hopefully we can break their press and, and actually create some chances. But it's going to be that type of season for us. I mean, you know, that's why I said to you guys before we kicked off, you know, I try not to get too high. I try not to get too low. We got the youngest squad in the league. Um, there's going to be bumps. We want a really good run. We've been to all the big grounds now. We're still four points off top four. So um, we've also got a good run of fixtures coming up. So I'm hoping we can bounce back, get a little bit of consistency, get through this busy period. If we can go into January, still there or thereabouts near the top four, um, then hopefully we can be really competitive uh, in the new year. But I haven't looked forward to Champions League football in a while, gents. So um, I can't say I'm, uh, you know, sitting on the edge of my seat for it, to be honest. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Stevie G returning to Anfield as well. Um, It's going to be interesting. Obviously, he'll get a good reception there. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see how his Villa team perform. Um, They've obviously been on a decent run. So, yeah, pretty much that for me. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I guess for Liverpool supporters, it's the return of the probably, arguably, the greatest Liverpool player in in many people's minds up there with Kenny Dalglish, of course. You know, those are the two names everybody puts at the top end. So Mo Salah going to be on that list, doesn't he? <laughs> He's got a while to go, but I think he. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if he'll ever be mentioned in the same breath as those two. He's doing a bloody good job at trying to get on there. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, seeing Aston Villa and obviously Steven Gerrard. It's going to be the weirdest kind of game I've ever seen in my life, I think. But um, I can see plenty of banners, plenty of songs of Steven Gerrard. Um, and in a weird way, whatever the result may be, I think it'll it'll be a strange day. But ultimately, I, I hope Liverpool paced Aston Villa, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm most looking forward to over the weekend. I think City have a tricky game against Wolves as well. Um, I think Wolves will be very tough to break down from what I've seen. Um, and yeah, I think Rudd, you were right in your early season predictions. You know, they don't score a lot of goals, but they they make it very hard um, to break them down. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I guess we'll uh, we'll wait until the Champions League is done before we head over to the Premier League. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of What the Football Podcast. I thank you again for joining us for episode 15 of season four of, of course, with my hosts. My co-hosts, Wade and Rudds, it has been a pleasure bringing you another episode. We will talk again next week, same time, same place. Remember to catch us on all our socials on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, you can hear us on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. Until then, enjoy the football and have a great week watching the English Premier League. (laughs) 